Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Brought to you by Visible Music College and in partnership with the largest online Christian music site new release today, this is Behind the Tunes, and I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Our guest today is Jordan Feliz. We'll explore his journey across the country, literally. How providence within faithfulness led him down the path of being a CCM artist and the ever-popular Rapid Fire. This is Behind the Tunes. We're here today with Jordan Feliz. You can learn all about him at jordanfeliz.com. Jordan, thanks so much for being here today, man. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for having me on. I'm stoked. Awesome. Now, listen, I was reading up on you, and you're from a place called Clovis, California. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's right, dude. So based now, I even looked up on the map to say, where is Clovis? So it's basically Fresno. Um, yeah. From what I can see. And so how did how did Jordan Feliz get from Clovis, California to where you are today in Nashville on a record label creating music? What was that journey like for you? Oh, man. Uh, well, it's been a long one for me. Uh, like it, it feels it feels like not as long as I think it might seem just because a lot of the a lot of the uphill work was uh, was done whenever I was a little bit younger. Um, but uh, for me, dude, like, basically, you know, I, I never wanted to sing ever in my life. It was one of those things that that was definitely not a drive for me, but I really wanted to play drums in my youth group. And so I'd grown up playing piano, and uh, I just felt like my parents, you know, were not really into me having a drum set in our house, <laughs> you know? Um <laughs> So I just kind of started showing up to my youth group a little early and like just starting teaching myself how to play drums basically. Um, and I did that for like about a year and then I started feeling like I, I, I kind of had it. And so I asked my youth pastor if I could start playing. And so I started doing that and, uh, and you know, I, I would kind of hum stuff here and there, like whenever we'd be in like rehearsals and stuff. And, one day, uh, a youth, uh, our, our youth worship leader didn't show up for uh, church one morning, and um, we were everybody was kind of looking around, and my, my youth pastor was just like, hey, um, you know, I know you know how to sing. Like, I've heard you hum stuff in rehearsals, but I, I really think that you should get up and sing worship this morning because nobody else will do it. And I was like, oh, I'm a drummer, <laughs> you know? And he was just like, no. He's like, I genuinely think you should do it, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like I've never sang in front of anybody. Like I'm not about to do this. And, uh, he kind of just pulled the whole like youth pastor guilt trip real quick and just goes, all right, man, well, I guess, you know, we just won't be able to have worship at all this morning then. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so I got up there and, um, 
man, I was, my hands were just shaking the entire time. I was so nervous. But whenever I got off stage, um, uh, my youth pastor just grabbed me and said, man, I know that that was uncomfortable and I know that that was, you know, something that you never wanted to do. But I genuinely, as you were up there, I really feel like you have an anointing on your life for leading people in worship. And so um, I was just like, dude, thanks, you know, whatever. And so that kind of pushed me into this really uncomfortable spot of me singing, you know, and, and not, not really wanting to, but <laughs> but I did. Um, and then I ended up joining, this sounds so funny, but I joined a metal band uh, as okay, a I senior was, in high school. I was so, I, I couldn't wait to get to that part. Okay, so you joined a metal yes. band. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yes. So I know this sounds funny. I So I was leading worship at this like, like kind of gathering for youth groups in our area. And I was in charge of like basically leading worship for it. And, um, there was these guys that were from a town that was, you know, about 30 minutes away from my town. Um, they were just a little bit more in like the ag central is called Reedley. And so two of the guys were at this worship thing and a dude hit me. I'm going to date myself, but a dude hit me up on my space. If you remember that. Yes. Um, and so he hit me up on MySpace and was like, hey, dude, I was at this event tonight, you know, and I'm in this band and I'd love to see if you uh, would want to come and be our singer. And I was like, I've never grown up around heavy metal or anything like that. So I was just like, dude, send me some tracks. And I realized it was like kind of like under oath, you know, kind of vibes, like real like heavy, you know, all this stuff. And so I was just like, dude, this is not my vibe. I'm so sorry. You know, I hope you guys find a singer. Well, I just kind of excused it. And then like two weeks go by and um, I just continually felt like the Lord kept putting them on my heart. And it was so weird, but like, I just kept feeling like the Lord was like, you should go meet with them. And so I told my mom about it and, you know, I was 17 at the time. So my mom, my mom was like, I'm not letting you go over to some stranger's house and, you know, listen to their band, you know, or whatever. So, um, so my mom and I, we drive over, we meet with these guys. They're like the most down to earth, like super sweet dudes that are all about like basically just spreading the name of Jesus in a, in a really dark industry. And, um, I was like, dude, I really love the ministry mindset of this, you know, and I prayed about it for like two days and I felt like the Lord was like, you should do this. So I, I did. So I joined this metal band. We, uh, we got a lot of record label deals and we never signed with anybody Um, but we just kept touring independently, um, and just kind of kept feeling like we were doing it on our own. Um, and our first EP, you know, did really well. And so we just kind of started touring. So we did that for five years and then, you know, like almost every band, um, we ended up breaking up, you know, people started getting married. We started realizing that, you know, you can't, you can't get married and be in a band. Um, it was like almost impossible. Nobody was making enough money. Um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things. So when that happened, I I ended up taking a job at a church in my hometown as a worship leader. And I kind of thought that was it for me, dude. I was like, you know what, this is kind of awesome. I love this. You know, I've actually got a relatively real job, you know, this will be cool. And like, man, I'm not even kidding you. A couple weeks after I felt like the Lord was like, I think you should move to Nashville. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, you know, in, in my mind, I was just kind of thinking like, dude, I must not have heard that correctly. You know what I mean? It was just one of those things. And, uh, so, you know, I, I had a phone call with a buddy of mine who lives out here 
And, um, and he was like, dude, you know, I know this sounds so weird, but like a couple nights ago I was just praying and I felt like the Lord, like really put it on my heart to manage you. And I was like, what? I was like, dude, that's so weird. Cause a couple nights ago, I felt like the Lord was telling me that I needed to move to Nashville. I've never even been to Nashville. And he was like, dude, what if he was like, what if I flew you to Nashville? I could set you up with some friends of mine that are in the Christian music industry. Cause I know you love the Christian music industry. We would just set you up some writing sessions, you know, blah, blah. So I flew out here. I fell in love with Nashville. Um, and just fell in love with the city. And I came back and my wife and I had just gotten married. And I told my wife, I was like, Hey, this sounds crazy. I think we should move to Nashville. And my wife being the awesome woman she is, she was just like, okay, like, let's just pray about it. You know? And so we, we prayed about it for a year. Okay. And, uh, we felt like the Lord was saying to go. So we left. Um, I am like such a planner mentality. So I booked shows cause I had a bunch of contacts from the five years that I'd been touring or, or across the nation in an independent band. So I booked a tour because we couldn't afford to move, you know? So it was like, Oh, well this will pay for us. And, um, two weeks before we left every single one of my shows that I had booked got canceled. Um, yeah, and I was stressed to the max, feeling like, oh my gosh, we, we kind of went into immediate like prayer, fasting, like everything, just like trying to hunker down um, and see if this is, because, you know, at that point, we kind of started feeling like maybe this is like, maybe we've not been listening to the Lord. Maybe this is the Lord being like, no, stop, stop, don't do this. <laughs> um, and so, but dude, the more and more we got into prayer, we just felt like the Lord was saying, go, but you have to trust me. Um and so, man, we left. I didn't have a show. We didn't have anything. So I was literally cold calling churches, like as I'm driving through these cities, you know, I'm like, wow, yeah. we're in San Bernardino, California, and I'm just calling churches like, do you need a worship pastor or a worship leader tonight? Or do you need anybody to come in and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so every step of the way, we'd, we'd have something that would come up where I'd go and I'd lead worship and I'd sell some merch and and that would get us to the next city. And, and so that kind of went on for about 10 days. Um, and dude, what's crazy is when we got to Nashville, um, we had actually made twice as much money as we would have if I would have just booked my own thing, if my thing would have just come oh, through. Wow. Um, and when we got here, we just felt like the Lord was just like, this is how I want you to exercise the trust in me. Like you've listened to me. You've told, I've told you to move to Nashville. You're listening, you know, blah, blah, blah. But also understand that I'm going to do things that are going to make you feel uncomfortable, but I promise you I'm going to bless them. And so, man, we moved and within five hours of being in Nashville, um, I ended up meeting a lady grabbing coffee cause we were exhausted from our drive and from just trying to get out here. And so we walked into a Starbucks and I was walking across the street in a little town called Franklin in Nashville. And, um, and I met a lady and the lady was just like, Hey, you look like you're in a band. <laughs> and, and my friend David, who had moved out with Jamie, my wife, Jamie and I, he was like, Oh my gosh, you have to listen to his songs. He's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, please don't do this. You know, I was like so embarrassed. Um, and she was like, well, hey, my husband and I used to be in a Christian band called FFH. Oh, wow. And I was like, 
oh my gosh i was like are you serious like my parents have every single one of your records like i kind of like had a, a mild panic attack like just freaking out and um she goes hey send me some dem- demos i would love to send them to friends in town and so i was like oh okay that'd be awesome so i emailed her and she ended up sending like three demos of mine to every record label in town. So within the first like wow. three weeks to three months, I started talking to every record label in town. Um, and it was just like a huge moment. Um, and obviously after that, you know, a long two year process of writing and talking to labels and ended up signing to Centricity and, um, yeah, and now I'm here, man. We're talking to you, telling the story, man. It's oh, wild. Man. I love the story, and just I uh, tell Jer- Jeremy Diebler, you know, so her husband is one. I connected with him back when I was in the band back in the day, and one of the most kind, yes. one of the most kind guys in the world, man. Just gracious, and yes. and was so kind to me as well. So I can definitely I uh, believe that that story happened just the way that you told yes. it. Do you look back on that? Because obviously the tour falls apart, the, the, your plan falls apart. And then you saw God just meet the needs all the way, literally across the country, exceeding yeah. exceeding what you uh, ever thought possible. Is that kind of, in essence, uh, I guess, kind of you look back at that moment uh, of God's faithfulness. Has that been, a, I guess, a reminder through the years, maybe when things get hard or discouragement comes, say, no, 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 God made it very clear this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, dude, literally, I, you know, yes, I think that that's like, I think that's like prime time for the enemy too. you know what I mean? To, to kind of discourage you to feel like, like, you know, um, and I feel like every step of my path, um, uh, I've had the enemy show up in some way and try to cheapen what God has done, you know, through this. Um, and I think it's so funny because every time I tell this story, it kind of like lights a new fire in me, you know what I mean? Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, like it's just a reminder of what God is doing and what he's done, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, dude, like every step of the way I would have, you know, you know, something really amazing happen. But then like quickly after there'd be like something that would make me feel like I'm, I'm not in the right spot. You know what I mean? Um, or that, you know, I'm not doing the right thing or I'm not, you know, and, and it's funny cause like, you know, I've had to try to get really, you know, versed and practiced in like really able to discern what God is telling me and what is not the Lord, you know, which is such a very, very fine line. And it's a hard line to walk whenever you are so used to walking in your human nature, you know? Um, but the moment that you step out of it, it gets easier and easier and easier because it feels more and more and more uncomfortable, (laughs) you know? Um, it's so funny because, you know, I've never done, like, really, there have probably been on, like, I could count them on one hand, the amount of things that God has asked me to do that are, like, in my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Um, like, it, you know, there would be, like, a random moment where it'll just be, like, me and Jamie are sitting at a restaurant somewhere, and all of a sudden, I just feel like the Lord's like, you should walk to that table and pray for that dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm like... Super cool, Lord. Thanks for that. I'm going to walk up to a stranger and just be like, hey, man, can I pray for you? Like, cool. Like, <laughs> you don't know me at all. Awesome. Let's get very Let me into yeah, your immediately. <laughs> yeah, let me into your world for a second, bro. Um, but, dude, like, I just, you know, um, 
but there's so much beauty in it too and, and so much freedom in it and uh, it's it's been a, a huge a huge learning curve for me um, but at the same time it's also been an awesome man walking broken innocent stolen shadows hold you down till you can't breathe you look for reasons to pick up all the pieces but still you tell yourself the hurts too deep would you believe me if i said you're not beyond repair would you believe me if i told you that i've been right there i've seen the light coming to my darkest rooms i can tell you that is love heals wounds Look into my heart Let it be the proof I'm only standing here Cause it's love heals wounds Freedom, breakthrough Open arms around you just like how it feels to come back home and this redemption love without dimension restoring all the hope you thought was gone oh, oh, oh. i've seen the light coming to my darkest rooms i can tell you Jordan Feliz. I love hearing stories. And, and, and through doing this show, the number of uh, musicians, worship leaders, artists, whatever, 
that that their story starts with the youth pastor said, I need you to sing. And then like the rest of history is hilarious. It's so many uh, that start that way. Well, Jordan, let me ask you a question. Do you remember the first album you bought with your own money? Yes, I do. What was it? Um, so the first album I bought with my own money was a band that my manager used to be in. And they were in a band, they were in a Christian rock band called Falling Up. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I bought their record, and that's actually how I met my manager. Like, the third show that I played with the metal band that I was in, we opened for them, which was one of my favorite bands at the time. Um, so I just kind of lost my mind and ended up me- meeting Adam, who's my manager. Um, and he's just kind of been one of my, my best friends ever since. So Love it. Well, who were your influences growing up musically? Man, you know... Uh, I, I get this question a lot and uh, I feel like a lot of people are always like kind of like, you know, eager to know what I listen to because I think a lot of the stuff that I've been putting out is just like, you know, it's kind of not the norm, I guess. You know, I always get that all the time. They're like, it's just not like typical what you'd expect from CCM. But man, like I grew up listening to a lot of like, like, Motown and like kind of neo soul kind of stuff. Like my parents like grew up like had me growing up on like Earth, Wind and Fire and Al Green and Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye and like all these dudes. Um, but then what's funny is if we didn't have a record in the car, we were listening to Christian radio. So like, it's like if I wasn't listening to Marvin Gaye, like Michael W. Smith was on the radio, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, for some reason that's kind of followed me into my own music career just cause it's like, I kind of want to have this like authentic soul pop thing going on, but at the same time have it be all for our creator, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, so yeah, man, it's, it's been fun. And I'll, honestly, I, I still listen to all those records. Even, I mean, we were listening to one yet yesterday so <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny is when you were saying that i was like you know i can see i can hear that as a guy who you've got that kind of soul in your voice that comes through yet you can you make it work for ccm as well and so you you do sound like a guy that grew up listening to motown and then christian music driving down the road i can hear it i can hear it man <laughs> well, thanks, well, bro. Let me ask thanks you this if, and this is if you could open up for anybody dead or alive and think more from the mindset of you just kind of get to spend the day hanging with them and sharing the stage with them. If you could open for anybody dead yeah. or alive, who would it be? Dude, it'd be one Republic for me. Yeah. Um, just one of my favorite bands. Um, and I am just a huge fan, dude. I've been a fan for a really long time. And, um, yeah, dude, I, I think it's like not even like, I've actually met a couple of the dudes before, um, but I just like, I just love their band so much and not in like a weird way. Like I'd still be able to be a normal human being around them. Like I wouldn't be starstruck around them, but I would just love to pick their brains on just their creative process. And I love their story of like how they kind of blew up on my space and just like, I don't know, man, I just think it's awesome. And I think Ryan Tedder is like an incredible songwriter and I'd love to, pick his brain on songwriting and you know all that stuff so it would just be super rad to do something like that and that would probably be my answer that's a great band and that's our second mention of myspace today that's a first man 
That's the first. I know, We're dude. Throwing it back. I know, dude. It's We're been a while. It it's been a it. while. <laughs> well, let me, add, let, me, let, me, let me pick your brain of a creative process for a second. What's Jordan Feliz's songwriting process like? Oh, dude. Um, it's kind of all over the place. You know, I feel like I have a lot of friends. Like, they sit down and they almost do the exact same thing every time, and it works. And for me, it's never that. <laughs> it's, like, always so random. Like, um... You know, I'll have, like, I hear melody. That's, like, probably the one consistent in my songwriting process is I hear melody first. Okay. So, um, dude, like, I, you know, I tell this story all the time whenever people ask me about this. But, like, um, a perfect example is, like, Jamie and I, one day we were walking around in Target and, like, grabbing some, like, groceries. And, um like I'm like in there and all of a sudden I have this like melody hit me and I was just telling her, I was like, Hey, uh, I'm like, and she can usually tell that I've got something going on because I get really quiet. Um, and it's mainly cause I'm like super focused on like, like, Oh, where should I, what should I do? What, what would this even be called? Or, you know, and I'm just like, start stewing. So I was like, Hey, I got it. And she like immediately cuts me off. She's like, go, go record it. Go do whatever you need to do. You know, like she just knows that I'm like, crazy and so I go off into this aisle and like I pull up the voice memos on my phone and I'm like humming this idea and I'm like kind of singing it but I'm like kind of like you know trying to and I'm also like playing drums in my head too so I've got like a drum I'm like you know whatever and like just doing all these sounds and I'm like staring down at my phone recording it and I stop it and I'm like okay yeah, yeah. so I, and I save it and I look up and there's like this old lady just staring at me in the aisle because I'm standing uh, clearly I'm standing right in the middle of the aisle and I look up and I'm like oh I'm so sorry and she was like oh I just wanted you to finish dear she's like it sounds beautiful <laughs> I was like okay cool like but like that's that that's my creative process in a nutshell man it's just me like walking around with my phone <laughs> tinkering with melody and usually I end up bringing it to I have like I feel like I have like a really close knit group of people that I really trust with songs and with ideas and stuff that I just really, um, we just vibe really well. And so typically I will get like a melody or something and then I'll just text it out to, you know, three or four friends and be like, Hey, how do you feel about this? And usually one of them will be like, dude, I love this, you know? And then maybe the other three are like, I don't know, man, this one's not for me or whatever. So, um, usually we'll like pursue it down with a group and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then, you know, it's just a, another song in the pile. So there you go. that's kind of, that's kind of how it goes. Well, I love to ask that question because again, everybody's is different, you know? And so it kind of yeah. encourages oh, yeah. people along the way. Uh, get ready to wrap up here with Jordan Feliz. Uh, Jordan, there are a few things like live music. So many wonderful, beautiful things happen. There's always some goofy things that happen too. Do you have a most embarrassing onstage moment that sticks out in your mind? Oh, bro, yes. It's always, it's always the same. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, I got, uh, the first tour I ever did was with Big Daddy Weave. It was in 2016. Okay. Um, and uh, I had been, basically they asked me to lead a song for the end of tour. So I, they asked me like what song I wanted to do. So I was like, Oh, I'll do this is amazing grace by Phil Wickham. And so, 
um, you know, we had played, you know, 45 shows like already. And there was a 60 show tour. It's huge. Um, and so I'm on like the 45th, 46th show of this entire tour. It's the, it's one of the biggest shows we're playing in front of 4,000 people. And I get up to go like, I hear the, the band starts. I walk out to start. This is amazing. Grace and dude, no lie. It's like, I literally couldn't remember the lyrics for the life of me. So like, I literally just went, it was like, everything started and it was like, da, 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 you know, like doing the whole thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, like, and I just like, I'm like, I'm like, I like dude, my face. And there's like a, there's a camera on me. Like, and I'm looking at myself on the camera, like up on the left side. And dude, I just look mortified. Like my entire, and all of a sudden I look up on stage and Plum is up there with me and Mike Weaver and like all the big daddy weave boys. And everybody is just crying, laughing at me because <laughs> I have completely forgotten the words. And I just started laughing and I could not stop laughing. So finally I like just turned around to read the lyrics on the led screen behind us. Cause I was like, I have no idea what's going on. So by the first chorus, I had my feet under me again, but my goodness, dude, it was so embarrassing. I was so mortified. Cause I'm like, I hope nobody got this on video and is going to send it to Phil. Cause he's going to be like, dude, like I wrote one of the biggest worship songs, like in the last like 10 years and you forgot the words to it. You're cut off. Like, oh, You're cut goodness. off from my songs from this point forward. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Let's, well, let's wrap up very quickly here with some rapid fire. I want to get you to your next appointment here. And so let's dive in, and uh, then we'll get you done. Thanks so much. Uh, Jordan Felice here with us. Uh, Jordan, what's your favorite holiday? Oh, Christmas all the way. All the way. What's your last Halloween costume you remember wearing? What's the last Halloween costume I remember? Um, this year we all dressed up as dinosaurs. All right. Daddy dinosaur. Okay. Favorite junk food. Favorite junk food. Oh, dude. Um, probably like a Snickers almond. Oh, that's a good one. I accept that. If the toilet paper roll is really low, do you replace it or leave it for somebody else? Oh, replace it. All right. You're a good man. Would you rather climb a, (laughs) would you rather climb a mountain or jump from an airplane? Oh, dude. Climb a mountain. In the movie about your life, the Jordan Feliz story, what actor would play you? <laughs> oh, gosh. Everybody would probably tell you. If they, I mean, everybody always tells me Johnny Depp. So oh, that would that. probably be the one. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. How long does it take you to get dressed in the morning? Oh, goodness. It depends on what I'm wearing. <laughs> but usually probably 15 minutes. Time machine for one day. Where do you go? Oh, dude, I'd probably go back to, um, probably go back to my wedding day. Oh, that's a good one. Just because it was literally one of the best days of my life, and it was just so awesome. Awesome. And something you hate that everyone else loves. Oh, games. What's we'll it again? Games. Oh. Like board games. Yeah. Everybody loves playing board games, man. I hate board games. I hate them. <laughs> 
That's acceptable. Every, Go ahead. Yeah, everybody, everybody's always like, let's play Monopoly. I'm like, that sounds like the worst idea you've ever had. Like, let's just go out and, like, do something else. <laughs> Love it. He's Jordan Felice. Jordan, thank you so much for your time today, man. It's a ton of fun. Bro, thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day, man. You got it. We'll catch you down the line. Dude, bro, thank you again. And, uh, yeah, have a great day. We'll, we'll talk soon. Sounds great. All right, see you, buddy. Bye. to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black, produced by Grayson Rucker. A special thank you to our sponsor, Visible Music College, a music and worship school that trains and disciples students for the music industry 
and the church. You can learn more about them at visible.edu. And you can reach the show at behindthetunes at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Be sure to tune in next time as we go Behind the Tunes. <laughs>